0: BLOB
1: TALK RADIO Hey there listeners, welcome to Access Talk with Trish, a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. And I'm your host for the show, Trish Robichaud, disability inclusion coach, author, facilitator, motivational speaker, a woman with a disability, but definitely not a disabled woman. The Access Talk with Trish radio show can be heard live on Wednesdays at 1130 Eastern Time at accesstalkwithtrish.com, or you can listen to past show recordings on demand at any time at the same address or on iTunes if that's how you roll. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. And on that note, I'd like to introduce my guest for this week, Warren Rupnerain, the Accessibility and Diversity Coordinator for City of Vaughan. Leading the city's efforts to implement accessible services and programs that support a barrier-free community, Warren provides strategic and policy advice to city departments implementing and complying with provincially mandated accessibility standards. In addition, he develops and implements workplace diversity-related strategies, programs, and services to engage and support the organization's diverse communities and stakeholders. Warren also provides support to the Vaughan Accessibility Advisory Committee and provides community outreach and liaison activities. Prior to his work for the city of Vaughan, Warren was the accessibility coordinator for the city of Markham, where he coordinated the city's efforts in meeting all legislative requirements to implement best practices that ensured equity and inclusivity of people with disabilities. And before Markham, Warren was the government relations advocate for March of Dimes Canada. While in this role, he appeared on Canada AM, CBC Radio, City TV, Toronto Star, and various other media to raise awareness of disability and accessibility issues. He was also the lead advocate and host of Warren's World. During this project, he promoted accessibility and interviewed politicians to obtain opinions and support on the creation of a Canadians with Disabilities Act. Welcome, Warren. Thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Good morning, Chris. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me.
1: So, Warren. You've clearly had an amazing career in disability inclusion and advocacy, which we'll get to. But first, I'm hoping you'll share with our listeners the nature of your disability and how you became interested in advocacy and human rights.
2: Sure, absolutely. So my uh, disability, or as I like to say, I don't, me personally, I like to think of the word disability as differently abled. Because to me, the word disability has a negative connotation mm-hmm. as to something somebody can't do. I prefer to think of it as differently abled. For example, somebody who walks, they get around with their feet. I just get around as a result of this very fast wheelchair that I'm in. So I prefer to think of the word disability as differently abled. I think it's a much more positive, empowering term. And my my accessibility challenge is uh, cerebral palsy. So the type of CP that I have, I'm unable to walk uh, independently. So that's why I utilize a wheelchair. But I do use a walker from time to time Mm -hmm. when I'm able to do so.
1: And what spurred your interest
2: in advocacy and human rights? Well, what spurred my interest in advocacy and human rights and, you know, disability and accessibility is that I have a passion for it, not for, not only from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint because I live it. So because I live it, I think that really uh, sparked my passion ever since I was a small child. And so when I was getting into uh, time to go to university, I said, I want to do something in the accessibility-related fields, so with that being said, I thought it would be a good idea to take social work at Ryerson, which is which is what I did. That's the program I graduated in, and then I began my career in accessibility after I graduated uh, Ryerson uh, many years ago now.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. Yes, yes. So you were driven by your own differently-abled situation.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, and, then, and when I look at when I look at accessibility, I don't just think of uh, you know people who have the same uh, challenges uh, like me, who people who are in wheelchairs. I think of the spectrum of of accessibility challenges because I think there's a stereotype or stigma in society that disability is just people in wheelchairs, but the reality is the spectrum is so broad. You have people with hearing challenges, people with visual challenges, people who have invisible challenges. Anxiety is an accessibility challenge. Depression, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. right? Somebody
2: somebody might have a bad knee or an issue with their heart, and you can't see that. So the spectrum of challenges is so broad. It's mm-hmm. not just uh, what you can see. And, you know, accessibility, the wonderful thing about accessibility is that it's something that benefits all of us, everyone. I think there's another stereotype in society that accessibility is just for people with disabilities. I totally disagree with that. Accessibility benefits everyone, as I like to say. A ramp or automatic door opener, or, or ramp or automatic door opener, doesn't just benefit a person in a wheelchair. It benefits a parent with a, a baby stroller or an elderly person. So it's looking at accessibility from a universal benefit perspective. I like okay. the way the, the, the I like the way the former lieutenant governor of Ontario puts it, David Olney. He says accessibility is that which allows an individual to reach their full potential. So it's something nice. that's good for everybody.
1: Nice, excellent. So um, of the four different types of barriers, I'm talking physical, communication, attitudinal, and systemic, which is the one that you're most passionate about?
2: I would say that I'm passionate about all of them, but if you, if I had to pinpoint it, I would say that the biggest barrier to achieving uh, accessibility improvement is attitude, because you can have all the barriers in the world, but if, you know, uh, organization or individuals, doesn't have the attitude to break those barriers down, it will still exist. So once you break down the attitudinal barriers, everything else falls into place, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Attitudinal barriers are the ones that, ironically, they are the least cost uh, to address,
2: yes, but yes.
1: they are the most difficult
2: to Absolutely. make
1: change with. Yes, it seems to me that your career has given you loads of opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people with disabilities, even, right here, even right here in York region uh, do yeah. you have a Do you have a story you can share with us about a specific program or initiative that you recall that's clear for you that you can uh, share with us? A program that's made a difference?
2: I'd be happy to address, so. as part of my uh role a major aspect of my role is the accessibility and diversity coordinator for the city of Vaughan. So I'm responsible for internal and external accessibility as well as workplace diversity. Now on the accessibility front, we've done many exciting uh, initiatives to improve accessibility in our in the community. But one I would like to share with your listeners is uh, our, our installation of the innovative path system, otherwise known as the IPS. Now the IPS was discovered on a council uh, business mission to Italy and what it is is a pathway system that lets people with visual challenges know where they are in the where they are in the building through Bluetooth device like an iPhone and a uh, and an electronic cane. So it will say, for example, when somebody's walking on the pathway, welcome to City Hall. Take a few steps and you'll be at the information desk. Take a few more steps and you'll be at the elevator. And then we, when you're leaving, it will say, thank you for visiting Swan City Hall. Have a good day. But and in order to increase the independence of the user. Um, we recently established a partnership with uh, Blind Square and CNIB and their iBeacon technology. So now uh, a person with a visual challenge can download the Blind Square app on their uh, on their smartphone, and the device will uh, let, allow them to use their own cane and their own phone rather than a phone and uh, cane that we provide. So it's all about increasing the independence of the user, and we're very proud that we're the first organization in Canada to implement. This technology, currently a pilot of it, is installed at Vaughn City Hall and we'll be installing an enhanced version of the innovative path system at one of our community centers later this year. We had a focus group of people with visual challenges to get their feedback on the technology. And they said number one, the town needs to be uh, thinner to reduce tripping hazard. Number two, we want to be able to use our own cane as our canes like our best friend. We want- number three, we want to be able to use our own phone. And number four, it needs to be a color that is suitable for those with visual challenges, preferably yellow. So we've taken that feedback into account, and all that feedback will be incorporated into the enhanced version of the IPS that we're launching at one of our community centers by the end of this year. So it's something we're really excited about.
1: Wow, so this is the innovative path system. So
2: Otherwise known as the IPS.
1: The IPS. the, so this illuminates or, or shares with the visitor um, what's on their path while they're in the building, yes?
2: Yes, yes. So they, they would walk on the pathway with their cane, and it will, it offers vocalization. It tells them where they are. You know, It will say, take a few steps, you're at the information desk, take a few more, you'll be at the elevator. So it helps to guide them uh, throughout the uh, building, That's which nice. is amazing
1: yes that is amazing
2: awesome awesome
1: and that service you said you're when did you say you're um, uh, rolling it out
2: well we launched the pilot of it uh, a pilot version of it here at uh, vaughan city hall in june of 2015 but we'll be launching the enhanced version that i just mentioned uh, at one of our community centers later this year our target is to launch it uh, by the international day of people with disabilities which as you know is December 3rd, Right. Uh, so we, we want to launch it for that weekend, so we're targeting a launch date of December 1st, that Fabulous. is the targeted date at this time. Things may change, but that's our plan as of now, but it definitely will be installed um, at our uh, one of our community centers by the end of this year, which we're very excited about.
1: Wonderful, Wonder- yeah. that is just so exciting. Uh, it, technology just breaks down so many barriers, doesn't
2: it? Absolutely. The reality is, Trish, we live in a digital age. And that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so the more accessible our technology is, the better. And with that being said, if I may share another example of our accessibility initiatives and technology. Actually, could you,
1: could you hold that? And we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about more of your initiatives. Pretty exciting. Sounds good. Thank
2: you.
0: Sounds good. Devon has been with his company for over five years, since before his legs started giving him trouble. He loves his job, he's great at it, and he plans to stay with the company till retirement if possible. Problem is, it's getting difficult for him to walk from his desk to the washroom. His supervisor, Aisha, lets Devon know that she's noticed he's having some trouble. She suggests they move his desk closer to the entrance and the washroom. Devon is relieved and agrees. This is an example of a basic accommodation that helps make a workplace inclusive. Did you know that 50% of accommodations don't cost a dime and 80% cost $500 or less? The inclusion of people with disabilities in the workforce is the best answer to our current labor shortages. And making businesses accessible to customers with disabilities sees you tapping into their $32 billion spending power. Sound good? then let a Changing Paces warm and friendly expert take you by the hand and walk you through the steps to making your business accessible to everyone. Visit us at changingpaces.com today.
1: And we're back. So tell me more. Tell me more, Warren. Um, how about sharing some of your other successful accessibility initiatives with us?
2: Oh, I'd be happy to. So we have a partnership with a uh, accessible software company known as essential accessibility. What this is, Trish, is a software that makes our uh, website more accessible to people with disabilities. So say, for example, if somebody has a severe dexterity challenge and they're unable to use a mouse, but they have a webcam. With this technology, they can move the mouse with their head, uh, You know, so right-click, left-click, open and close, all with head movement. Uh, the software also has on-screen keyboard, radar mouse, and it has a feature that will read the web the web page to the individual uh, word for word in different languages at different speeds. It's called essential accessibility. That's another uh, partnership that we're very proud about.
1: I've actually seen essential accessibility on all kinds of websites. So they're yes. really making an inroad, aren't they?
2: Absolutely, they are. And we are the uh, we are one of the one of two municipalities to have this uh, technology. So as you mentioned in your introduction, I was the uh, Accessibility Coordinator for the city of Markham prior to joining the city of Vaughan. And uh, I, brought, I brought the software to Markham when I was there and I thought it would be a great idea to bring it here to Vaughan, which I uh, did and we're happy to have it.
1: Wow, the, the software must be quite extensive. Um, you tell me that you can use it by tipping your head mm-hmm. if you can't use your hands.
2: Yes. So if you move your, you can move like to click, right click, you move your head to the right, left, click left and open and closes up and down. So it's extremely innovative. And we also have, of course, color contrast and different font size features on our website.
1: Fabulous. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about Warren's World?
2: Yes, absolutely. So uh, Warren's World was uh an introduce- initiative I did at Mark- when I was at March Dimes. Uh, so we, that initiative had two major uh, projects. The first was uh, during the 2006 federal election, where we, it was a completely nonpartisan campaign. We went around to the various campaign offices, um, you know, of the uh, Liberal, NDP, and Conservative parties with uh, two goals. One, to see if the campaign offices were accessible, to see if people with disabilities could get into the offices, and participate, and two to see if politicians would commit to national disability legislation. Um, as I recall, 76% of the offices were accessible; 24% were not. Uh, but um, and also, we were very pleased to get that um, you know support for national disability legislation. And as you know, the federal government has now announced that it's uh, be, that national disability legislation will be introduced, late, uh, is being developed right now. So that's something we're very excited about and we, so w- when we, the website, people could go on the website and they could vote for it and a letter would be sent to the Prime Minister's office at the time. So we thought it was a very impactful initiative. And another initiative we did during World War II was uh, during the 2006 World Cup. We went around to the various uh, bars in Toronto to determine the top twenty accessible bars. Now, a lot of people thought we were doing this for free drinks. That was part of it. That was part of it. Yes. But most importantly, it was a societal message that people with disabilities can and want to be integrated into the social aspect of society. Right. So, prime example. Yeah. My money is the same color as yours. And if uh, if a place is not accessible, uh, specifically a restaurant, for example, me and my friends are not going there. We'll go to a place. That's accessible. So, yes, accessibility is the law. Yes, accessibility is the right thing to do. But most importantly, accessibility is good for business. And that's the uh, approach I like to take when implementing accessibility. Yes, it's the law. Yes, it's the right thing to do. But again, I want to emphasize I can't emphasize this enough. Accessibility is good for business and good for everyone. The more accessible your facility is, the more people can come to live, work, and play. Mm -hmm. So, it's good for business and it will increase uh you know the bottom line as they say so it's that's the um part of it that I like to emphasize the most
1: and uh one statistic that I learned from uh, uh from uh, Mark Wafer of uh, Tim Hortons uh that while only maybe 18% of our population or 15% of our population has a disability Fifty-three percent of our population has someone in the family that the family has disability.
2: Yes, that's a very that's a very key point you make there, Trish. Because even if uh, an individual does not have a quote unquote disability uh, right now, um, you know their loved one might, so they're affected by it indirectly. And as our population ages, the chances of acquiring an accessibility challenge are quite high. So this again goes back to the point that accessibility benefit each and every one of us not just people with disabilities it benefits mm-hmm. everybody.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh tell me Warren, can you summarize your advice with a short list of barriers that other municipalities should watch for when planning their accessibility initiatives?
2: Well, I would say when it comes to the implementation of accessibility Uh, and this is the, you know, premise I like to utilize here at the city of On. When it comes to implementing accessibility, I would recommend utilizing the premise of reasonable accommodation. I defined reasonable accommodation as accommodating as many people as you can in a cost-effective manner. Because the reality is, uh, you know, municipalities do not have a bondless pit of money. I wish we did to implement accessibility, that would be wonderful. But the reality is we don't and we have to maximize the dollars that we have. So that's the approach I would take. Just keep in mind reasonable accommodation uh, when you're implementing accessibility and try and do initiatives that uh, benefit as many people as possible, That that's key. So with that being said, I'll give you another example. We recently conducted an accessibility audit of our 15 most frequently used facilities. We did this because our rationale was that there's no sense in putting money into buildings that nobody will attend. And since we don't have a bomb bit of money, we, want, we think it's important to maximize those dollars. So that's why we had an audit done of our 15 most frequently used facilities. And based on that uh, audit, we will be implementing uh, three initial upgrades as a starting point. These upgrades are automatic door opener number one, because you can have, again, you can have the most accessible facility in the world, but if you can't get in, it's counterproductive. Number two, univer- we will be installing Universal washrooms at uh, a few locations that were chosen based on structural feasibility and opportunity. And when I say universal washroom, I mean anybody can use it. Parent with a child, person with a disability, a transgendered individual. So that's something we're very excited about as well, as well as tactile service indicators for people with visual challenges. So those will be the initial upgrades that we'll be implementing as a result of our audit. And then we'll be implementing other accessibility upgrades over time
1: fabulous fabulous
2: yeah
1: and are there any particular barriers that um you have found pr- troublesome um that you've had a hard time getting past
2: uh, well I would say for for me personally in my experience in my life I would say that you know the, the physical barriers sometimes you know businesses that are not accessible I'll give you an example so I spoke about the um, uh, tour we did of the most accessible bars in Toronto when I did Warren Fold. So mm-hmm. one of the, uh, uh, one of the uh, business owners I talked to, he said, you know, Warren, this is great awareness you're raising, but why should I make my business accessible if I get one person with a disability in my restaurant per year? To which I replied, Trish, if you build it, we will come. I guarantee you, you put a ramp in here, you make your washroom more accessible by putting an automatic door opener, And grab bar, I promise you your business will increase. He says, Yeah, yeah, Warren, okay, I'll give it a try. I run into the same guy a month later. He says, I want to thank you. I say, For what? He says, My business has increased so much, I now get several people with disabilities in my restaurant per month. To which I replied, I told you so. (laughs) So again, it's just showing that accessibility is good for business, right? So I would say that's one of the big barriers, right? The first barrier is the attitudinal, because if you don't have the attitude to break it down, the barrier can't be removed. So once you get past the attitudinal barriers, there's the physical barriers and other types of barriers as well. But in my life, I would say the two mo- the barriers that I've experienced most are the attitudinal and the physical. And uh, uh, but as I mentioned, there's ways to break that down. And I think once you, it's all about tailoring the your your argument to your audience. For example, from business owners, they want to know, they yes. To to be quite frank, business owners, they don't care about accessibility as the law. Uh, It's the right thing to do. Business owners want to know, how will um, accessibility benefit my bottom line? So once you emphasize the economic argument to them, they will uh, be more keen and more receptive. Now at the City of Lawn, we embrace accessibility, yes, because it's law, yes, because it's the right thing to do, but most importantly, because it's good for business as a municipality, as a public sector organization. Part of having the city of Vaughan be more accessible will make it more inclusive and welcoming, and will help to make Vaughan the place to be, as our mayor likes to say. So it's all part of making accessibility is a huge component of making Vaughan a better place to uh, live, work, and play.
1: Because ultimately, when we have accessibility present, Uh, inclusiveness present you're right it benefits everyone not just uh, not just the people with disabilities I
2: I can't emphasize that enough again it benefits everybody it's not and I and again as I mentioned earlier I think that's one of the biggest uh, stigmas or stereotypes in society that accessibility just benefits people with disabilities No, it benefits everyone whether you have a disability or not and as I mentioned and I think it's important to mention this again is that as our population ages, even if someone doesn't have a challenge right now, you may have a challenge as as you age. And even if you don't, uh, somebody else might be affected by an exposure challenge, whether it's a friend, a family member, or, or another loved one. So, Warren,
1: if any of our listeners want to contact you, how can they do that?
2: Oh, your listeners can contact me um, by phone at 905 832 8585 extension 8641 or by email at warren.routenorain at vaughn.ca.
1: And that's R-U-P-N-A-R-A-I-N. Correct. Thank you, Warren. Thank you so much for joining me, Warren.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Trish. Have a good day.
1: And thank you to our listeners so much for joining us for today's episode of Access Talk with Trish a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. Please join us again next week on, on Wednesday at 11.30 Eastern The show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit Changing Paces and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. Till next time, folks, take self-care seriously and God bless.